1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith.
0: Well hello, my dearest
1: love. Hello, hello.
0: Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show.
1: I'm I'm feeling welcome.
0: You you yeah, are?
1: I'm feeling good. I'm feeling Really, um, comfortable and safe (laughs) and ready to open up.
0: Really? You're, you Mm -hmm. feel like you're in the trust tree?
1: I'm in the trust tree. Yeah. The trust circle even. That's right. Yeah.
0: That's right. (laughs) Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning into another edition of the Joy Junkie Show. We've got a cool topic that we haven't done for a hot minute over in these parts. We are going to do a mailbag edition.
1: Don't even get me started on mailbag jokes. Come on.
0: All right. Say what you got to say.
1: I got your mailbag.
0: but Oh. Had to say it. Yeah. All
1: right. (laughs) Now we can move on.
0: Periodically, I will do these. I've had about four other mailbag episodes that we've done here on the show where I take a handful of listener-submitted questions that aren't necessarily an entire podcast episode where I can... Tackle maybe two or three of them in one episode and get, get you guys some answers that you're craving. We're going to talk about what the difference is between isolating yourself or just enjoying some solitude and like, what's that dividing line between I'm hiding out and I just need a fucking rest. We'll yeah. talk about that. Okay. Another listener wanted to know about what is it. That makes it feel like she cannot let go after her and her partner have had an argument, oh, and nice. it just kind of lingers and it still kind of festers, and she can't quite get over it, even mm. if they seemingly have resolved it. And i are then- interested
1: to see your your take on that, your input.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's great about these is all of them are kind of specific to each listener's world. And so they gave me backstory and kind of shared anecdotally what was going on with them, which I think will really help people see specific advice versus just general advice on letting go yeah. or something like right, that. Right, right, right. And right. And then we are going to wrap up with what to do when your partner won't own their shit. And mm. you're trying to express certain things, and then they just keep saying it's in your head, or if you would just let it go, it'd be no big deal, and kind of everything is your fault, and they aren't listening. What on earth do you do in those scenarios? validating
1: comments. That's yeah. what
0: is coming up on the show. But before we do, I think we need to give you the mic for a second.
1: Well, you know, I love that, and I love this segment.
0: Well, what segment is that?
1: Oh, it's. I think it's, yeah, it's called the... Would you rather, today's would you rather, is would you rather run at 100 miles per hour or fly at one miles per hour?
0: Oh my God. <laughs> like, what, well, I don't even know what, that how to gauge one mile an hour. Like, it's hard to gauge
1: that. Well, I mean, you know, do, it's pretty much slow.
0: <laughs> but 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 it's like it's like it's like wa- walking kind of like do you walk a yeah, mile? and walk an about hour? two or
1: three miles an hour. Yeah,
0: we do. Okay, so so you would just be like kind of hovering along.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty slow, <laughs> but you could go up as high as you wanted.
0: And then I, <laughs> oh well, that's cool. Yeah. And the okay, so with both of them, are they? It would just be like your ability for the rest of your life. You have the- just the yeah, ability to right. run at 100 miles an hour, or you can fly.
1: Both are pretty friggin' phenomenal, right?
0: Well, let me ask you this about the flying.
1: Okay. Okay,
0: because I go. started thinking, like, okay, well, if I'm in danger, it's great to just, like, phew, run away.
1: Yeah. But- <laughs> well, if you're in danger and you can only go a mile an hour, you can at least go a mile an hour up.
0: Well, well, that's what I was thinking. Right? <laughs> yeah. But if you're going up...
1: You can still get shot or right. grab your foot. Yeah, up. and you're yeah.
0: trying to... And you're like, why is it in the t- that, that, context of
1: getting hurt? Like, and you're
0: like trying to tuck your knees up, like, <laughs> <laughs> go faster, go faster. Well, that's immediately what I think of. Like when would, when else would that be useful except for like winning an athletic competition for running? Yeah. Like, well,
1: if you needed to get somewhere fast.
0: Or I guess I, it, so my question is, if I choose the flying, is it also one mile an hour going up?
1: Yes. One mile an hour, period. Period. Yeah. And same with the running. You're either at 100 or zero.
0: Okay. So if you're just like quickly jogging to the car, like, oh shit, I forgot my scarf, it'd be like, you couldn't just like go grab it. Right.
1: You're either like the Flash or Chris Angel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. So do you, so if I choose the running one, I never ever walk like ever?
1: No, no, you can walk and do your normal thing. But if you choose your ability, it's, you could, only, I mean, you could You're, run your normal run.
0: Oh, you could? Yeah. You wouldn't have to go 100 miles. Right. You just could go up, too.
1: It's when you turn on this ability.
0: Okay. This is really taking a turn. I think... Oh, it's taking a turn. Well, I've always thought if I could have a superhero power, it would be to fly. Like, that's one of the things... I love that idea. I think I must have been a bird in a past life or something, but the one mile an hour really... Oh uh, I you know what Flying is,
1: is a pretty cool ability. I'm still it, gonna I'm so. still gonna
0: take the flying.
1: You are? I'm really leaning towards the running. You are? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wouldn't need a car anymore.
0: That's true. Right? I could just you take would off, be either. so ripped in the legs. Right? Oh I mean, I would think.
1: Yeah. I can imagine.
0: Wait, so if you fly do you have to flap your arms?
1: <laughs> no. You're Chris Angel.
0: Yeah, that's right. You, you just have to have your
1: arms out to your side you, kind
0: of. You have to levitate <laughs> Do you have to have greasy hair?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And lots of silver skull jewelry.
0: Oh, my God. I can't. All right. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather, (laughs) and we talk about it every single Monday in my After Hours Facebook group, which you are absolutely welcome to be a part of. It's completely free, and it's a bunch of additional resources, support, camaraderie, conversation. I do... Q&A sessions every single week where I answer. Are they Q and
1: slay sessions? Uh,
0: they are. They are called Q&Slay. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. We call it every week on the Slay. Get it right. And I do that every week where I talk about questions that have come up in the community. So you're more than welcome to cruise over there. All you have to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you right over to that group. And you can share with us what you would rather. There's always fun coupon codes and conversations going on. But yeah, would you rathers are always a blast. So be sure to come check that out. Let's jump into some of the stuff that came up for this mailbag edition. What do you think? Sounds good. Okay. The first one comes from a listener who says, I'd love to hear your perspective on the difference between isolation and solitude. I feel like as a married working mom of two, that most of the time I can get if I can get a moments of peace, I want it. But after postpartum and grief hit me hard, I felt like that longing for solitude might have turned into isolation and numbing out with rose wine rose wine most nights. Now that I have <laughs> taken the tribe class Yay, yay for Tribe class. Tribe alumni. I'm overall more in tune with my coping mechanisms, but wondered your perspective on this idea of solitude versus isolation and how to know when you're overcorrecting and not just enjoying solitude, but rather hiding out. I thought this was such a great, great question because there's a lot of things in our worlds that are like this where we have to navigate the balancing act. For instance, you might really truly enjoy Caretaking and giving back and creating impact in your life, right? And that might be wildly fulfilling for you, uh-huh. but you can cross the line where you are completely self-sacrificing. You don't ever take care of yourself anymore because all you are doing is giving, 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 giving to other people. Mm. People, I see people have the same sort of struggle around achievement or ambition where they genuinely are lit up by accomplishment. But then they cross over where it becomes like what this listener was saying, kind of overcorrecting. They get to this point where they can't be worthy or valuable unless they achieve, unless they accomplish.
1: Okay. Interesting. All right.
0: So I'm bringing that, same thing with physical fitness, right? Like we could have a great way in which that's healthy for our body and then we could overdo it, throw our backs out Mm -hmm. or become extremely unhealthy because of an overindulgence. Yes. I think that we have a lot of things in our world like that, where that balancing act, that fine line has everything to do with intuition because that fine line is different for every single person. So I can't say to this listener Well, you can have some rosé three nights a week and that is considered solitude, right? Versus if you're having it more than three nights a week, that's considered isolation and you are hiding out. I can't do that. There's no hard and fast line to decipher when something has crossed over that has everything to do with your own internal compass. I know
1: what you're going to say. What? The internal compass, yeah. That's right. Basically, how do you feel when you go into those... Moments. Do you feel like you're in isolation or do you feel like you're just getting some well-needed rest?
0: Check out the big brain on (laughs) bread. Check out the big brain on bread. You're a smart motherfucker. That's
1: right. (laughs) I'm learning. I'm slow, but I'm learning.
0: I love that you're like, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going (laughs) to (laughs) say. It's been almost five years on the pod.
1: Has it really? I
0: should fucking hope that you would know what I'm going to
1: say. Holy cow. I can't believe it's been that long.
0: (laughs) I know. It's crazy. Okay. Well. You are spot on, Mr. Smith. I was going to say, what is motivating you to choose that behavior, Mm -hmm. right? So we know that the behavior that she's talking about is crashing out, having some isolated time, respite, solitude, relaxation, and it typically looks like a glass of rosé for her, right? Right. Now, how much rosé might have to be looked into because I don't think there's any big deal having a glass or two of wine every night. I don't think it's a big deal. I think Europe (laughs) has been doing it for centuries and it's just fine. I think it has to do with, is it impeding your ability to live a fulfilled life? Is it something you can live without? Is it something you're in control of or is it in control of you? So I'm not going to go totally into substance addiction, but I'm going to assume that whatever you're consuming is a moderate amount that you're not drinking in an entire bottle every night. I would be concerned about that. Right. Yeah. But wanting solitude or respite or some reprieve from parenting every single day. I'm that I, that's so normal to me. Like, of course you do. Of course of you course do. Of course you do. Yeah. So I think for you, what would be a great idea is to look at what is motivating me. And here's, kind of some differentiation that you can take a look at with regards to isolation versus solitude. I think what motivates isolation is more, and I'm using these to describe healthy versus unhealthy. So if the semantics or the wording doesn't work for you, switch it. I just hope you understand what I'm kind of saying. There's the general a general
1: idea. Yeah. There's a
0: way in which hiding out is great for you and a way in which it's detrimental. Right. So call them what you want. We're going to call them isolation versus solitude. Okay isolation is motivated more from a place of fear or a the overall feeling is I don't want to deal, I don't want to be here. I need to hide out, I need to run away. I don't. I am afraid of tackling whatever I need to tackle, what is calling for my attention. A lot of times people will isolate when they're going through something rough and they don't want to, quote, burden other people in their life. So instead of turning to people and sharing something that's vulnerable, they will isolate and put walls up. They won't return calls. They won't, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And it's a fear of I'm going to be too much or a fear of being vulnerable, something like that.
1: Sure.
0: With what she's telling me, It doesn't really sound like that to me. It sounds like straight up maternal exhaustion. Right. And I don't think that that's unique. I think that that's more common and kind of how it goes. When you are raising small humans and (laughs) working and catering to a marriage, that's fucking exhausting. And it all involves mental bandwidth and acuity. So... That we have our limits with that, right? We yeah. really truly have our limits. So then I would say, check in with yourself around solitude. Solitude would be more motivating from a place of fulfillment and self care. Like, here's what I need to take care of me. Here's what I need to do to refresh, to replenish, to recharge. I need some relief respite, whatever it might be. So it's more of a sanctuary and a rebuilding and fueling your energy rather than a, I can't be seen. I'm afraid okay. I'm hiding out. I'm a, you know, fearful of what somebody might think of my vulnerable state, whatever it
1: okay. is. Okay. The thing that I might add into this equation, and you can kind of let me know your thoughts on it. Is for a lot of people, especially if they're in outside of this particular person's situation. Yeah, I think sometimes it's difficult for us to get unwound. Yeah, it's hard. It, it takes longer to get to that unwind. It's hard to get out of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I need to be there for someone, or I have this to do, or you know that kind of nervous tension yeah. position. And I think a couple of glasses of wine help us get there quicker. Right. Right? It kind of expedites that process for us. Sure. So it helps us get to that solitude. Mm-hmm. So how does something like that where you take some time to get out of those modes yeah. translate to whether you're going into isolationism, isolationism or just trying to find sanctuary?
0: Well, that's, that, that's really great that you brought that up because I think another huge element of this is is a chronic way of being or a new norm, Mm, right? Okay. So it's very, very different to, you know, like you and I both have our daily rituals of unwinding at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? And it's a way for us to recharge. It's a way for us to kind of fill our bucket, so to speak. Sure. Now, it would be very different if I was going through something really challenging at work and I just was like, I don't want to talk about it. And I Got it. didn't confide in anybody. There was something that needed addressing that I really didn't want to feel that was hiding behind. So I numb out mm. and I use that numbing behavior of isolating. I see. That's what I'm talking about when it becomes a chronic disempowering behavior. So it's over a long period of time. You're doing something that isn't feeling healthy. Hmm. I would guess That this particular person, because I know who you are, (laughs) I would guess that you're overthinking it. And what you really need to do is give yourself permission to fucking relax at the end of the day.
1: Interesting. Because, you know, there
0: might be those of you who are listening who who are spouses, who do have children, who are working. And we get caught up in this superwoman or Superman syndrome Mm -hmm. where we expect so much and demand so much of ourselves. And what I really want you guys to hear is most of the time we are far better for those people in our world if we are recharged, if we take care of us. So there's a difference between allowing yourself to relax at the end of the day and never addressing any hard things that come up. Never or always sweeping things under the rug. Hmm. And Or not talking to a therapist, not talking to a coach, not confiding in your spouse, sweeping things under the rug that you need to address with somebody else. And drinking that away or hiding out that away, if that makes sense. Yes. But we do need to move on because we've got a couple of other questions. So I hope that that is helpful for you. And I have to give to you a huge (gasps) warm warm, fuzzy. fuzzy. Yay! That's right. So thank you so much for sending in that question. I thought it was incredibly That
1: kind of Oprah-esque feel to it. It did
0: it? Okay. I'm going to
1: give it. you a warm fuzzy.
0: You get a warm fuzzy. You get a warm fuzzy. <laughs> all right. So moving on. This one comes from a Canadian listener, and she says, my question is this. I have learned after all these years that I might have some issue." Letting go of things, meaning that when my partner and I have an argument, whether it gets resolved to both of our satisfactions or just one of us is satisfied, it's hard for me to let go. I don't necessarily bring it up all the time. I mean, it sits with me, not the argument per se, but the feelings it caused, the negative feelings I cross him off and build a case against him slowly. But surely I move on and we have a good day or evening. And the next time there is a spat, it happens again. And after a few of those, well, he does not shine for me anymore. I don't know how to not let that stuff linger in me. I don't sit there and think about it. But I would kind of argue that, yes, you do. Yeah. But it leaves a scar every single time there is a new scar. Side note. And I think this is important. I am a tough cookie. I have my shit together. But those scars affect my relationship long term. So how do I stop? Help! What's that about, eh? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So thank you. And thank you all of the Canadians who recycle. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're they're just extremely clean. Oh. That when I went to Toronto, I was like, oh my gosh, these streets are so clean. Don't ever come to California.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'll be so incredibly disappointed. All right. Anyway. <laughs> well, first and foremost, the thing that was really blaringly obvious to me is that whenever it is resolved, quote, resolved, it isn't. If you still have lingering feelings, That's lingering emotions,
1: yeah.
0: there's something you haven't said, you haven't vocalized, that has not been addressed in some way. Perhaps you were arguing about something that was surface level, like for instance, leaving shoes out, you know, like maybe you've cleaned the house and your partner keeps leaving their shoes out all the time. And so then you have a conversation that's actually about the shoes. Mm. Right. And like, can you just please start throwing? Oh, okay. Yes. I'll start throwing them in the closet. Yes. Yes. Right. 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 And you're talking about the surface issue, but what's really underneath that is that you feel disrespected. You feel that that person doesn't care about the efforts you put in the house, whatever. Most of the time that'll happen. When we have arguments, there's this surface level of what we're talking about. The bill that wasn't paid the school. We want our kids to go to, who's going to take Johnny to the dentist appointment, whatever. We're talking about the surface level thing, but underneath that is what that issue means to you.
1: Mm, Okay. And
0: I'm guessing that underneath whatever it is that you guys are talking about, there's something that has a much more impactful grip on how you are perceiving this relationship. And that piece isn't resolved. So you may have resolved the logistics where the shoes are going to go, who's taking Johnny to the dentist. All of that might be resolved but what may not be is that you don't feel real dis- you don't feel respected you don't feel as though you can trust them you feel talked down to you have shame you want more intimacy anything else that is of a deeper constitution than what you are actually speaking about
1: right right
0: that w- that would be one of the places to look is is this actually about something deeper is this about something else or what is this instance, really saying to me, like when my partner does this, that, or the other, how am I interpreting that? What do I make that mean? Because that will usually give you a much more solid insight into, oh, no wonder I register that as disrespect. I see. And then you can address that issue.
1: Yeah, that, that takes some soul searching.
0: Yeah, it does. Right?
1: Like you have to kind of think a little bit more about what it really is that's bothering you.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's your job. And that's why you listen to personal development podcasts like and this that's one.
1: That's right. That's why you, <laughs> you know, uh, go to conferences and buy programs and
0: that's right. listen to this
1: podcast, all those things.
0: There's a couple of other places for you to look here. One of them is. That you may genuinely, maybe you do talk about the deep issue. Maybe you are talking about disrespect or shame or intimacy or vulnerability. And you need some coming down time. Everybody is different with this. Some people are like, let's kiss and make up. Other people are like, I still am hurting from this. Like That interaction, that conversation had an emotional impact on me. I can't just curl up and hug it out. Right. Or fuck or whatever, you know, the other person may feel comfortable doing or may want that as a connection. Everybody processes differently. For me, I cannot just shake it off. I emote intensely. I always have since a very, very young age. And so if I've been uprooted and up in arms and feeling worked up, I can't just hug it out. I need, I need some tenure there. I need a little bit of time. To work out if there's any other sticking points or anything else that's happening for me. And allow that intensity of that emotion to subside and abate. There could be something like that that's happening for you. Some space. That you're asking yourself to be over it too quickly. Yeah. When you actually need some time to come down. Now.
1: But that needs to be explained.
0: Exactly. You need to then look within yourself and go, is there something else I have not said or because if you ha- can't let go, chances are something isn't really resolved for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost guessing that it's probably it's the surface area, the surface thing that got resolved. Okay, I'm going to do this more. You're going to do that more. I'm going to say this. You're going to do that. But that's not really what the whole thing was about for you. The other thing that I do think would be incredibly important for you to start identifying is what do you need, what are you asking for, and what do you need. In those situations, when you have an inability to let go, it's likely that there's something that you need or are craving or are hoping for that you are not getting. And a lot of times, we don't express that. We don't say anything. So I'll give you an example. I've learned that I have to just be vocal about what I want from you. Like, you're not a mind reader. We have an amazing, incredible relationship. But that doesn't mean that you always know exactly what I need all the time.
1: Yeah, true.
0: And I was in a situation where you were working out like crazy. You were in, like, prime physical condition. And I was feeling really heavy, uncomfortable in my body, really struggling just with my physicality. And I asked you, I said, will you just give me a week of not telling me (laughs) how amazing your workouts are going? Do you remember that?
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah, I do. So
0: I, you know, I knew that I was in an emotional place that week. And so I just said, hey, can you share that kind of stuff with your buddies or somebody (laughs) else? And on top of that, will you just tell me I'm beautiful a few times this week? Oh, extra baby, times.
1: Baby, I love telling you you're
0: beautiful. I know you're really good about it. And, but I also have the responsibility, if that's what I'm craving or desiring from my partner, to ask for what I need. Absolutely. I may or may not get it. I don't, and, and I'm not going to go too much into that because that takes us into a totally different place. But that is what I think may also be at foot here where. When you end your conversation and you don't feel resolved, is there something you need to ask for? You might be that partner who does need a hug. Or you might be that partner who says, hey, I know you're not ready yet, but will you come give me a hug when you feel like everything has subsided? Or will you tell me I love you every Mm -hmm. single day before we go to work? or?" Whatever. There might be an emotional need that's not getting met for you is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. But asking for it is something that um, I think uh, people have, maybe not all people, but a lot of people have difficulty asking for that.
0: They do. They do because we think that for some stupid reason, if you are in love with somebody, that they should magically know. And that's the most asinine thing ever.
1: I think the other side is. They might be just afraid to ask for it because the person might say no or make them feel bad for it or
0: something like that. Sure, sure. Of course. There's a million and one reasons why, but I do hear from so many people, they're like, he should know. Mm -hmm. She should know. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. isn't it obvious? How could you not know? And that is a recipe for disaster. Recipe
1: for breakdown, yeah.
0: So just say what you got to say and ask for what you need. And that will lead us nicely into this next one of what happens when somebody clearly is not going to be what you need, doesn't want to be what you need. Nice segue, Smitty. I didn't even mean to do that, but (laughs) check me out. Before we jump into number three, I think you have a little something to give to this listener, don't you?
1: Oh, I think it's a warm fuzzy.
0: Warm fuzzy. Warm fuzzy coming at you. Yay. Awesome. All right. So number three. I have an idea for a show topic, what to do when your spouse will not own his shit, like won't, can't see their own shit, like their relationship, sabotaging behavior, their attitude, their made up stories that they are trying to convince themselves are true, their poor communication, etc. So she gives me a little background. She says, I've been with my husband for almost 12 years, two kids last three or four years have been very rocky, very hot and cold, but more cold. And one thing in particular that causes a big problem is that he can't or won't own his shit or even see his shit. He seems like he cannot see the negative behaviors that he is doing. Anytime I try to point it out to him, he doesn't even try to see it. Instead, he tries to turn it around on me and say things like, if you just don't bitch at me, just don't try to start with me, etc., then we will be fine. He doesn't even see that saying those generalized things is one of the negative things that he's doing. And he really makes himself believe that it is my fault we are fighting because I just shouldn't have tried to talk to him about whatever it is I tried to talk about and blah, 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 blah. I've tried several different ways to address this with him. Uh, And basically what she's saying is that I, it always comes back to it being my fault. And if I could just drop it, everything would be fine. There's a lot there. She did say that she listens to the pod. So she's really tried to check herself in how she approaches him and what she says to him and that it has been really helpful. But what do you do if he really will not look at it? So this one can be really complicated and this could be a lot of different answers Mm -hmm. for this. Now I would be remiss if I didn't mention that constant blame and the inability to take any kind of responsibility ever is very indicative of sociopathy it is indicative of narcissistic personality disorder it it, and i am not an authority on it but i do think it would be worth talking to a therapist or a counselor or somebody who is skilled in identifying narcissism how
1: do you even approach that though if the person's like don't even talk to me about that about the topic that they're trying to get into how do you how do you Even bridge.
0: I'm going to go into that. Oh, okay. I'm definitely going to go into that. But I want to just make mention that if there is a 100% inability, like he never says, I see your point or you're right, I could have done this better, or I need to apologize. If that is completely absent, always, there could be some gaslighting that's going on. I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but gaslighting is when somebody tries to make you feel like you've almost lost your mind like like mm. you are going crazy you know <laughs> um, and then where you kind of keep second guessing yourself like wait a minute am i asking too much am i am i am i really demanding am i super contr- maybe i should where it the conversations that you have are pointing you towards thinking that you've lost your mind in some way mm, okay I just want to throw that out there because it could be worth talking to a therapist or somebody about your current situation in order to find out if you are up I against see. a wall that you, based off of his chemical wiring, is absolutely impossible to break through. Hmm. Because I could give you all the advice in the world, which I'm going to, but that is a, that is a, a neural pathway, right? That is a way in which somebody is mentally wired that we can't change through positive communication or anything like that. Yeah. So it might be even worth research beyond this pod. Now, I'm going to assume that that's not the case. I'm going to assume that we just have a breakdown in the communication. But those two statements that you mentioned a few times jumped out at me, so I thought that might be worth it, at least an additional...
1: Can I give a guy's perspective? Yeah. I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we have to do and what our day is like, and the stresses that we have, that talking about things, we just don't have the energy for it. Mm -hmm. So we say, I just can't talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. Every time you bring this up, it just, like, I I know it's going to be work.
0: That's right. Right?
1: That's what's going through our heads. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it comes off as a naggy wife, Mm -hmm. but it really is an internal struggle of our own. Yeah. Of I just don't have the energy for this. My energy is so many other places. Great point. And that's not saying that it's right. I'm just saying that's where we're coming from a lot of times.
0: Yeah. And that that is a really, really great point. And that's one of the things that I wanted to underline too is that Sometimes if we feel like what you were just saying if it was a long day you just got home you're already emotionally depleted and then your partner comes at you right
1: you feel attacked you or...
0: want to defend and we will always naturally defend ourselves by making the other person wrong right. that's one of our everybody does it or
1: shutting it down
0: and that's i mean we all do that that doesn't have anything to do with being a narcissist or anything or like David. that yeah, right. it could be that you are overloaded and you just can't entertain it at the time.
1: But you don't have the, necessarily the words to um, convey that. that point. Yeah.
0: That's right. So that's why I think it's imperative that what she said here is, I really watch my approach. Good. So this is what I want to point you to because we cannot control him, obviously. But if you are talking to him in times in when he is clearly depleted, or clearly watching a sports show or involved in another project, that's a matter of mutual respect. That's a matter of, I have something I'd really like to share with you. When would be a good time? You know what I mean? Like, there's something I'd really like to get your thoughts on, get your opinions on, which is how I would phrase it. I would not say, we need to talk. I need to talk to you. I would say, there's some stuff I'd really like to get your opinions on or whatever. About yeah, we stuff need to off. talk
1: is never good. It's never good. Beginning.
0: And <laughs> be aware of the state that they are in, right? Yeah. Now, if it is something like this, where it's something that he says over and over again that you find problematic one of the things that I would ask him is, Hey babe, if I have some legitimate concerns or there's things that I really want to bring up with you in order to better our connection, how do you want me to address that with you? Perfect. Find out from him how he wants you to address things or when. Yes. Or when do you not? Because sometimes They know very clearly, like, please don't hit me right when I walk in the door. Please don't hit me when I'm in the middle of a project. Not when I'm watching sports. Not when I'm blah, 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 blah. So if you can say, hey, I've got these things I'd like to talk to you. When would be a good time? I really want to respect whatever you've got going on. And, okay, honey, if there are things, even if you don't understand why they're a problem to me, how do you want me to address that with you? right? Because one of the things that I wanted to make very clear here is it's one thing to speak up for yourself and share what's important to you, to your spouse. And it's a totally different thing for them to go, "Uh uh-huh. I don't agree with you. So I don't care. And I will not be that for you, you know, through their actions or whatever, because we do that sometimes where we just don't understand why our partner is the way they are. And so we just go like, well, you're wrong. So I will not take you seriously. Right. Here's where I need you to look as a listener. I need you to look at your approach and work with your approach from a, a place that's really compassionate, kind, acknowledging the place that he's in, have it rooted in what you need or what you're requesting. Like, Hey babe, it really is important to me that we rectify this issue around whatever can we talk about this? You know, I really need some closure around this because if you start expressing your needs and your needs get shut down over and over and over and over again, then you start to see like, okay, it's not about what I'm requesting. It's just that he just genuinely doesn't care what I need, you know, and you can kind of start seeing that over time. Watch how you approach it. Obviously. Also, you can say things specifically about his behavior. Like, when you write me off like this, here's what that says to me. Talk about how you interpret that. When you tell me you are bitching at me, what I hear is that you do not care what I have to say. That's what I hear. When you write me off, when you don't even acknowledge that you're doing that, that says to me that you don't care about conversing with me, You know, whatever it happens to be for sure. you. Were you going to say something?
1: I was going to say that, you know, I don't know, you can chime in on this. It also might be, I know a lot of people that self-defeat by bringing things up at inappropriate times to gather evidence.
0: Oh, great point.
1: See, this is why I don't bring this up. Because it just like convinces you of your point, right? Right. So make sure that you're coming at it from a perspective of, are we both in a place to hear each other right now? That's right. Or am I looking for times when it's really inappropriate or yep. inconvenient to discuss it so that I get that backlash and I have evidence of, see, he always shuts me down or she always shuts me down. Right. Right? Because then it fits for you. Mm-hmm. And it's that uncomfortable, comfortable place that you've been in.
0: That's right. And you're
1: not. You're actually, justified. And you're justified and you're not breaking through. Mm-hmm. But it's yep. something that a lot of people don't see. Hmm. Because they don't choose to see it.
0: Right. Because we think, well, I got something to talk about. Well, I'm going to, I'm just going to bring it up and I know what he's going to do. I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to do this. And then you are just as much at fault because you're not setting it up for success. There's not a team effort there. Yeah. And so when you say, when you bring things up or when you say, honey, if I've got legitimate concerns, how do you want me to approach them with you? What, what would feel supportive to you? Also ask for the return. How do you, how can I be amazing for you? Like, if you've got something you want to talk to me about, how do you want me to be for you? How receptive, you know, and then figure out how you can be awesome for each other. Yeah. It can also very much become that tit for tat place where it's like, well, if only he would do this. and Well, if only she would do this and right. well, I'm going to wait for him to go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. And then you're just at this stalemate. Yeah.
1: And there's no give and take.
0: So the question or the the challenge for you is to talk to him during a time, maybe when you're on a date night or you both are just like chilling out and to enter into that conversation from a place of compassion and kindness and like, Hey babe, you know, I've been really thinking about stuff and own it and say, it really seems like, you know, there we've felt differently about things and we've been having a hard time communicating and, I really want to change that, you know, and I've I've got some ideas about it and some things I'd like to share with you. Are you up for that? And if so, when? Do you feel yeah. up for talking about it right now? Now, if that person still shuts you down when you approach things like that, then then we have a much bigger problem. Much bigger problem. Because for sure. that is that is something that I would probably encourage you before you do anything. I would encourage you to s- seek out some couples therapy yeah. or and individual therapy mm-hmm. as well. Sure. So I'm hoping that these have been helpful for you. If you were not aware, I have the capability to receive listener suggestions from all of you, which was what all of these which, were. What
1: this mailbag is about.
0: And this, this particular episode is the fifth edition that I've done of these. And oh, nice. a lot of the topics that come up on the show are from our listeners. So yeah. if you ever want to submit one of your own, just go to the dot com slash show idea, or you can find it on the show notes page, as well as a link to the after hours club. And you can let us know what you want us to sound off on. Yeah. But before we sign off, I do need to give this particular Oh, Listener. one more.
1: We got one more. What are we giving out?
0: A warm, warm fuzzy. fuzzy. Yay!
1: Lots of warm fuzzies today.
0: That is right. We Fortunately, we have an abundance of warm we fuzzies. We have a bunch.
1: Matter of fact, one of our listeners sent a jar of warm fuzzies. That's right. So to add to our stockpile
0: <laughs> that's right of warm fuzzies no we just it's unlimited it's unlimited. out of control it's yeah. out of control but <laughs> so if you want more free trainings and delicious content and and uh camaraderie and free shit come over to the slash club and hang out with us in after hours we'd be
1: clubbing,
0: <laughs> we'd be clubbing. anything <laughs> else you wanted to share babe
1: no i think i'm good
0: all right well we will see you around these parts next week here is to loving and living your most badass life
1: mr and mrs smith out